Nice. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. We're going to start. Um, all the learning this whole month has been done, um, sponsored by the Jerome family for the Lui Nishama, the Sar Leah Bat Yechiel. All the Mishpachat Eagle birthdays, um, anonymously in honor of the Kehila, and also by Mishpachat Pollock for Moshe's grandparents, grandfathers, and yesterday was Shira's sister's, um, Joni's sister Shira's Yorzeit. Um, I think that's it for today. I hope I didn't miss anyone. Baruch Hashem. Oh, also, this specific week, this specific week is um, sponsored by Mishpachat Sakal in honor of their son Simon's birthday, Briyot Adnav Esrim, and also by Shira and Ari Gantavnik in memory, I think, of, I believe, of Shira's grandfather. And I don't have the proper page in front of me. Mechila, there's two more, but Baruch Hashem, there's so many opportunities to learn that we're going to keep on mentioning the names even, even uh, throughout the week. All right, I'm just going to put some, some pages. I have more pages here just to keep over there. Okay, so today we have a shear on a very overwhelming parsha. <laughs> parsha Yitro. Parsha Yitro. Well, okay, another parsha shear, right? No, it's like a. I was learning a piece in Slonim that they say that uh, the Shabbos Yitro is called Shvot. Uh, first of all, it's like called the Shabbos Matan Torah, and it's also called. Um, uh, what did he call it? Shvu Zira. Which was the era in Aramaic means little. It's like little shvuas, <laughs> mini shvuas. Hey Shoshana, welcome back. Little little shvuas. Um, so it's not just another, you know. It's not, it's not every Shabbos is Kodesh Kodeshim, but this this parsha is, you know, it's very. I always find it very overwhelming. Where to start to learn this parsha? So I I saw a piece that is from one of the Sfarim of Reb Coin. That I, I hope and pray, Bezrat Hashem, will help us connect to the Parsha in a very special way. I want to talk about an amazing transformation that takes place in Am Yisrael. This is like a boketov. So a, wonder, a wonderful way of understanding the transformation that we go through. A few weeks ago, we meet an Am Yisrael that doesn't believe, doesn't really, really believe that they could ever be redeemed, that they could ever become redeemed people. And the Torah says, they didn't listen to Moshe Rabbeinu. And I want to emphasize the word, emphasize the word shamu. They couldn't listen to Moshe. Or they couldn't hear Moshe Rabbeinu. This Shabbos, when we're coming to Har Sinai, it says, Atem re'item et asher Which means you all saw what I did in Egypt. We go from people that can't listen to people that are actually activating the power of re'iyah full on. Who else did this? Which can answer a very popular and famous question. Why is this parsha called Yitro? Well, think about this. Yitro is the one that tells us that listening is the beginning of the game. Vayishma Yitro. The parsha opens up with saying, Vayishma. But Rashi tells us that it wasn't enough for Yitro to just hear about the amazing things happening to Am Yisrael. He had to get up and come and see these people for himself in order to basically walk on with, you know, go on with what was happening probably from his mind to his heart. He heard something. He says, 
I got to see what this is all about. I have to be, I have to witness this with my eyes. And right after the Torah tells us that he heard, it says, and the Rebbe, the Rebbe has a lot of sikhahs on this, showing you that even when you hear about great things or great people and, and whatnot, that's not enough. You have to get up and join where that's happening or be a part or vi- see with your own eyes where this is taking place. So says, I forget which passion I saw this yesterday. It says that if you look at the psukim by, I forget who it is, if you look at the psukim by Yitro, it says he gets up and he goes towards, you know, he meets Moshe and everything. Why? Because it's showing us that by him, the Shmiah led to Riyah. He had to see it for himself. And then, and then when he gives his Eitzah to Moshe Rabbein, remember he gives his famous counsel, the parasha over there is called which means Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm going to teach you a way of looking at things uh, in, a, in a healthy way. So what we're seeing over here, and the whole shir could just be on really analyzing these psukims and the rashis that help us understand it. What we're seeing over here is the different functioning, the different functions which take place between re'iyah and shmiyah, between listening and hearing, and how, as a people, the slave in us couldn't listen. We couldn't see it. We, we, we couldn't deal with it. We couldn't hear it. The ben chorin, the redeemed person, is one that sees. So much so, that even though Hashem tells us, you know, you saw all this going on in the last year, when we get to Matan Torah, we start seeing what we're hearing. And they become one. And there's this meeting of, of seeing and hearing, and that's real geula. That's real, real redemption. The way the Rabbi Tzadok HaKoyen is going to develop this is very, very beautiful. And it's basically based on the famous debate, the famous, like, interesting argument when God wanted to create the world and when God wanted to give us the Torah. There's these people, not people, there's an entity that comes and tells God, bad idea. These angels. Usually, usually angel, when you say someone's angelic, that's like a beautiful thing, right? Oh, he's so angelic, right? Angels, are, angels mess with us throughout the Torah. They're, they're, it's not so, and they're angelic, but not the way that we use that terminology of being angelic. Like if you, mama, you, like if you look at one of your kids now, when you say, oh, he's such a malach, it's not, you're not exactly sure what you mean by that now, after, after learning these types of teachings. Because the famous debate was, was that when Moshe Rabbeinu went, went up to receive the Torah from Shemaim, there had to, it had to go through this argument with the angels that kept on saying, don't do it, God. You're going to regret it. You give them this, you're going to regret it. The same thing happens with Briyat Olam, with the creator creating the world. Don't do it. You're going to regret it. Why do Chazal, why do we know about these things? Why do we know about these conversations? Why do we know about these arguments? It's to bring home the point of what we said in the beginning of Shir about appreciating the transformation that a person goes through from, listen, from hearing and listening to seeing and for those things to become one, which is something that the angels have no shayachut to. It's a world that has nothing to do with malachim. And Bezrat Hashem, let's see, we should have a with this piece. It's, it's a Reb Tzadok piece, which means you've got to work a little bit. But we'll work with Samcha. This is from one of his books called Divrei Chalomot. Now, I know, like, 
this may sound trippy, I'm reminding you that Rabbi Tzadok was a gun oilam before he ever got into Hasidus and was the straightest arrow in the world and a, a bucky in halacha. And now, but he has a book called Divrei Chalomot and he has also has a book called Sichot Malachi Sharet and a book called Resisei Laila. And according to the traditions, that these, many of these pieces in these svarim are basically conversations that he was having in his dreams and learning that he had took place in his dreams and then he'd wake up and he'd write them. So this is, called, this is from a book called Divrei Chalomot, Words from Dreams. Hatorahi Chaim. The Torah is the source of life. Like it's brought down in the Midrash. Hadibrot shel chayim, the utterances, the sayings, the commandments of, of life, lo nitnu They were not given to the ministering angels. So like, Aser Sadibros is something that's just, bless you, it's just given to Am Yisrael. It's not given to the angels. The Amar lahem, maktivba, Adam kiyamut be'ohel. He told the angels one of the things, that one of the ways we understand Hashem silencing the angels was that He said to them, "Listen, you know what's written in this in this Torah? It's a zota Torah. What's the Torah all about? Adam kiyamut be'ohel." There's a lot of different drushes on this. One of the understandings for today is that human beings die, not the other void, which is usually. Uh, basically, you give your life over like you're willing, like dying with for the Torah. Here it just means people actually experience the opposite of life, which is death. You angels have no shayachut to that world. You never experience death. A human being experience, experiences death. And we're going to see that because a human being experiences death, only because of that we can actually experience life. If we didn't experience death, we wouldn't experience life. The Torah is called Mekor HaChaim, the source of life. That's not a world that has anything to do with the Malachim, with the angels. But again, we all know this only because we know how fragile life is, then life, that's only then really life becomes life. So this is basically what Hashem was telling the angels. He's like, you have no, you can't appreciate. This is a Torah that says, Zot Torah Adam Kiamut Be'oil. The Torah is speaking to people that aren't going to be here for forever. You angels, I don't know what it is exactly. I, you know, how long do angels live? We don't really, uh, is there any, anyone know how long it's written in the Torah, how long angels live? Probably think forever, no? Exactly. How long are they around, Right? Exactly, that's a good point. They never really lived, right? How long are they existing? Because God created them. Right? How long do they, what's their, you know, what's their, what's their existing span? You know, interesting stuff. Okay. Third line. Al adam kiyamut, al zota Torah, Torah. And since you don't have any death in you, then you also don't have any feeling of life either, or what it means to feel alive. Therefore, you have no shayachut to the Torah, angels. Why? Because the Torah, because the Torah is the place where you feel life being given 
from the source of life. Hashem is the source of life. He gives this energy of life through the Torah, and thus you and I, Baruch Hashem, every time we are, we are wrapped around the Torah, and the Torah is wrapped around us, that's the extent of how much we feel alive, because we're attaching ourselves to the source of life. Angels have no shaykhs to this, because they're never really alive. They're never really, really alive. I know it sounds like a, a little bit of a ridiculous, like what are we even talking about? It's Hashem answering angels, but do you think the angels need to hear this? Why do we even know about these things? Because Hashem wants us to hear. The Midrash is basically telling us, do you want to understand what you really have? Well, let's listen to how God answers the angels. Pay attention to how He's explaining to them why He's giving us the Torah. Because maybe sometimes to tell it, tell, tell it to us straight would be too intense. Like quite often in life, we learn about the greatest lessons of life by hearing how someone else is being told something, or how I tell someone else, right? Do this with our children sometimes. We'll tell our child something, a different child something, perhaps very, very strong, maybe even extra strong, because we know a few other children are listening at the same time. It's not the best thing to do. But also for the positive, nachon. You, you will tell someone something that you're a child and it's the positive, knowing that they are hearing. Right. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. The way that you got up and got dressed makes me feel like I want to take you out for, right? And the other kid is... is it, oh, right. <laughs> so I feel like sometimes when we have these sikhot, we have these, when we hear about these conversations that God has with angels, it's Hashem really saying, pay close attention. I, I really want to let you know what you have access to. And I'm like, and for some people, they need to hear it secondhand. Like they need to hear it like cliché-ing, even though it's really meant for us. Okay, you know, we're, you know, we have a whole parsha in the Torah like that. There's one parsha in the Torah that Hashem doesn't talk to Yidden at all, but it's the greatest, greatest love poem between Hashem and Yidden. Balak. We're not, we don't show up, and that's. The, if we, we said this a few years ago, had you know, if the Torah continued, if it went from Chukat to Pinchas. Besides the end of Balak is actually the story of uh, the Pnos Midian, but if the actual story of Balak didn't take place in the Torah and we just continued on, there would be no problem chronologically. It wouldn't, it wouldn't interfere with anything. We don't show up. We're not even part of it. We're not even part of the story. We don't show up once. Hashem doesn't talk to Moshe. Moshe doesn't talk to us. Moshe doesn't talk to Hashem. We don't talk to Hashem. We don't show up in the story at all. But what? It's basically us when we learn Torah... I always, always think about that first time we learned about Parshas Balak, where Hashem is saying, like, you know, Lo aven Yisrael. Hashem doesn't really see anything wrong when he looks at Yidin. Hashem elokav imo, God is within our midst. And we're reading this about a conversation that God has with another entity. And it may have hit, the love Hashem has for us may have hit us even infinitely deeper by hearing about it the way he's talking about it to someone else. It's a little bit, little bit corresponding to the way that it is over here, where we're hearing about Hashem answering the angels about the gift that He has to us, hearing it closer than if He would tell us straight out to our faces. This is something to think about. I don't know if going to touch on this, but like the, we also always think that the, the, per, the ideal is to be an angel. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. we think that Hashem wants from us. But when we see that, the, there's like an understanding that, well, if, if that's what he wanted, then... He would have created us he, like that. Right, like, well, he wouldn't be having this conversation with the angels, like, to see, like... Maybe, but there's, there's something... And he, and he wouldn't have given the Torah. Right. 
the, the Torah wouldn't exist. If he wanted this, right, the Torah would, that's, I mean, I don't know if he's going to say it like that, but basically I'm, what I'm getting is that if, if God wanted you to be an angel, he wouldn't give you laws. He wouldn't have any, expect, he wouldn't have, it wouldn't be the, you know, what we're, what we're involved with. Like our, his expectation of us to do the shlichus would be different because there would be no expectation. They would do it because angels are kind of robotic. Angels just, uh, oh, I got to do my shlichus now. Yeah. You just do it. Okay. So look, look, um, we're going to end this first paragraph. We are, in our essence, connected to the source of life. That, that's really the, the, that's the most important thing to remember. That everything we're doing and everything we're trying to do is, is that we are alive. Am Yisrael Chai is not just a theme or a, a good nigun. It's a very, very powerful statement. Am Yisrael Chai means I am connected to the source of the flow of life, of liveliness, of, li- of feeling alive. That's what my, that's what my Kesher in my Ptimius as a people and as an individual is. Now he says a fascinating statement. Ha brings wisdom, hu yediyata seichel shebamoach. Wisdom is the knowledge, this piece of knowledge in my mind, Ubina hu hargashas halev. Bina is the feeling of the heart. This is so not Alter Rebbe right now. Right? This is so not the way that many schools uh, teach the difference between Chochma and Bina. But for today, let's just go with how the way the Rebbe Tzadok uh, uh, flows with this. Again, what's Chochma? What does it mean that you have a Yediyat yediya HaSechel Shebamoach? You, you know, but you, but you know it to be true. Are you connected to it? No? So are, we, are we not connected to facts? We could be. We could be. Bina is a hargashat balev, meaning when I, say, when I talk about a feeling in my heart, I don't have to ask, are you connected to it? If it's a feeling in your heart, you're connected to it, hopefully. Probably. A yediyashe basechel doesn't necessarily mean that I have to be connected to it. I could know a lot of facts. I could store a lot of information. It doesn't necessarily mean that it has anything to do with how I feel about anything in the world. Right? So is that similar to like Shmi'ah is Yediyat mm. HaSechel and Bina is Yediyat? Well, very, very, let, let, let's see what he does with it. Very good. You read, you read ahead. I was going to say you read. <laughs> no, no, but obviously this is a, you know, that's why we did the first paragraph. By the way, this is a heavily edited, this piece. You, you would thank me. Trust me. It's, it's out there. Now, Malachim, look what he says. Malachim, yesh bahem yedia mitzad ha-chokma, she-Hashem itbarach mashpia bahem. Okay, call them robots, call them not human, that's fine. But these entities called angels, they're created with some type of, it, it, it seems what he's saying is some type of intellect. Yedia mitzad ha they have some capacity of understanding that Hashem gave them the, uh, I don't want to say life. No, he influences them. The, he influences them, and thus they're able to fulfill their shlichut. The agency. the agency, very good. Right? I'm, just, I'm just being careful from the word life, obviously, right? Nachon, 
like they they have they they live with this consciousness of I'm able to do what I'm doing because of the appointment of the Almighty. They, they have that. They have that yedia. An angel has that yedia. Yeah, they're not human. They're, they're, a whole, they're a whole world of their own. Olam alachim. But they have that. They have this Indian of, I, I'm doing this because, there's, because this is what Hashem wanted. Right? It's amazing. They're doing it because they know this is what Hashem wanted. But, huh? but they don't feel anything. Angels don't feel anything. Oh, you're so angelic. Now it's taking, again, it's taking a different, uh, different mahalach. Ki lo shayach al-gasha b'shum davar balev, ela al yedei metziyut ha'efuch gam ken balev. This is the deepest. It's what we said before. A person can only feel something in their heart if the opposite of it could, be a re- could ever be a reality. Understand? This is very deep. It's the same sentence we said before, just differently. If you can't choose, if you can't die, you're not really alive. He says again, When it comes to feeling something in the heart, it is only by means, by via, the reality of the polar opposite being an option to also take place in your heart. You only feel real love when there's a possibility of heartbreak. Do you understand now? Well, g- give, us, give other examples. Sadness, happiness. Mamash. Yeah. Like dark and light. Like almost anything. But he's saying that this all pertains to the hargashash balev. I can only really feel something in my heart that that has the potential for the opposite. He's just taking the word appreciation to this feeling of the heart. And basically, we could see already that what Abtadak is saying is Torah, you, you only love the Torah to the extent of what your life would be like if you didn't have Torah which is the deepest depths in the world, which is the ultimate, which is so hard uh, to aspire. It's it's worth aspiring towards, but let's face it. There are a lot of things in life that if I said, if I didn't have this, it would really devastate me. But how many people can mamish say, mamish say, that if I didn't have learning the Torah in my life, I would just, I would be absolutely at wit's end. How many people can mamish say it? I believe deep down every person could say that, but how many people are already there feeling that, saying that? Right? Most people who have been there who have. So, so exactly. Who usually could say that? Be'idiuk. Those that actually didn't have Torah and then chose Torah can say that. Who's that in our parasha? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. One of the reasons why this parasha is called after him. Because he could say that. He could mamish say that. You know, when quite at a certain age, I think it's fair to say this, many if not most, Pnimiyaz Dika FFBs, if you know that, this is a lot of lingo here, but I'm going to say like, meaning, Chavar that grew up with Torah, but that like realized at a certain age it's got to be much deeper, have a, a certain uh, uh, 
kinat sofrim towards Bali Chuva and Gerim, towards, towards those that didn't grow up from or didn't grow up Jewish. Because we see how they, how, how by them it really is life or death. And we think by us it's life or death, but it was given to us, right? One time I was at a concert where Eviyotar Banai was playing and Hanan Ben-Ari was in the crowds and he called up Hanan for his song. Hanan ended up staying on for about an hour, but that's another story. <laughs> but he, 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 made, he made up a song about, uh, uh, he wrote it on the spot about uh, Eviyotar's jealous of me because I came out of the room with the kippah on, right? <laughs> Something like that. And I'm jealous of Eviyotar because he didn't. <laughs> But you see, you see this Indian of someone that could actually say, you know, like the, like the Baal Tshuva or the Ger, their Indian is, is that they, not just that they could assume that if they didn't have the Torah, they'd be devastated. They didn't have the Torah. They, they, they didn't. So they know what it's like to live without it. We don't know what it's, now I'm not recommending, okay? Very clear, I'm not recommending that those of us that grew up with a certain level of Torah be like, you want to really taste this? The Sarah says, you know, you got to drop it all. But just like the deeper we get and the closer we get to the Torah, to always imagine, say to yourself, can you imagine if this wasn't part of my life? Can you imagine if this wasn't what, what guided the way my lens, provided me my lens? If it didn't guide me the way that I want to be in this world, chas v'chalila, chas v'shalom. It seems like in yesterday's Tanya, the concept of it's inherent in every Jew, regardless of whether or not they have the intellectual, whether or not their chokhmah capacity is. Mm -hmm. But it's it's down there, deep, inherent in every Jew to love God, and the Torah just does not come out. I don't know. If that's the way I interpret. No, it. no, that's that's a very simple pshat of what the Alter Rebbe said yesterday, hundred percent. Then and there, and what do we have to do with that? We have to extract. That, that we have to find that place. Yeah. We have to get to that place. So there's a certain sheet by the Alter Rebbe how to get to that place. Here, Rabbi Tzadok Kukran is basically saying, stop for a second and realize this. Ask yourself when you're learning. Ask yourself when you're davening. Ask yourself when you feel alive, can you imagine being dead right now? That's what it means. You're alive right now. You're davening. Ask yourself while you're davening Halal and Rosh Chodesh or while you're in the zone on Shabbos, I say to yourself, can you imagine if someone just basically said to you, okay, no more for you. What would that be like for you? Right? That's why the Ishbetzir's Mahalach is that the Tzaddikim are Tzaddikim because they somehow have the ability to feel, physically feel, what it would be like if someone forced them to Mechal Shabbos right now without actually Mechaling Shabbos. It's a whole crazy Ishbetz Mahalach, right? But that, that's, a, that's a far out thing. So anyway, this is, this is basically the, 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 the basar of this shir. Let's continue. Ba'amalachim, third line in this paragraph. Ba'amalachim, Einam ba'alei b'chira, ba'alken nikra'im kaime. Shem, Amalach is referred to as kayama, which means they exist. Kayama. Shem kvuim v'kayamim. Kfima she'baram Hashem yidbarach ve'en bahem shinoi. God created them, They're, thus they exist. They know that. That's the idea that they have. But it's kviyut. There's no growth. Angels don't grow. Angels don't go to seminars and retreats and have a deeper sense of their shlichut in the world. They don't do breathing or meditations. It's, but they live with the... They live, 
they exist. See, keep on getting caught. They exist with a certain yedia. That they do. Reb Tzadik is saying, they exist with a certain yedia. V'chena chokma kavuya v'kaima b'hem. The wisdom that they have of God being God, whatever that means, however they know this, kavua v'kaim b'hem kol echad kvima shashemit berach yishpia ba bebriuta bebriata. The way that God created them is what they're basically with their whole shlichus. Ve'en zekarui ele yediyah v'chokma. It's called the yediyah v'chokma, but what isn't it called? Ve'lo bina v'hagasha balev. But never, you know, and it's interesting because now, like, let's think of one of the scenarios, one of the, you know, one of the episodes in the Torah where it involves a malach. That, that's, so, that's so far out. It's so beyond our grasp of understanding because it just comes out of nowhere. What about a little bit later on? A little bit, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about that also. About Yaakov Avinu fighting with Sarah Shel Esav, right? Now that the way that I always imagined that that fight was very like even though we know it's a it's a malach, but it seems like it's a relatable entity because it's a struggle, it's a war, it's a wrestling match, right? And they're going at it, and then at the end, he gives them this bracha. Now what's amazing is that that whole entity that struggled and wrestled with Yaakov and gave us our name was literally heartless. Isn't that weird? So imagine, like, the, he gave us the name, you know? He gives us this name. Okay, Hashem then says it again, but he gives us this name. Who's it, what, where is it coming from? It's coming from just a Yediya entity. It's coming from a certain level of Chochmah. It's not coming from Bina. It's not coming from Hagash Balev, which is so, so fascinating. What a fascinating concept. Now you re... Go back to that parashat Vayishlach, uh, right? Vayishlach, yeah. It's in Vayishlach, right? Yeah. Vayishlach Yaakov, right? See, when Avram with the Malach that comes and says, Don't altishlach yadchal anar, that's so far removed from, from interaction with that, you know, with, with, with people. That Malach by the, by the, with Yaakov was such a face-to-face, literally, like a face-to-face in, interaction. The beginning of the parasha, Nachon. It's very hard, right? It's very, like... Maybe the reason he was injured was because it was something that was coming from here and not from here. So therefore he could only be physically injured but not spiritually injured. I don't know, but I'm saying maybe there's some significance to the fact that there was a physical injury that happened in this interaction that he had with the Malach because it was really... It wasn't something that penetrated deeper. It was something that was up here. Hmm. Maybe the physical injury somehow represented that. I don't know. No, there's a Torah on what you're saying. What's that? The Torah says that it did get somewhere. There's, there's a famous Slonim Torah on, on what you just said about uh, the most, like one of the most famous Slonim Torahs is about the three levels of, of Emun about Emunas Hamoach, Emunas Halev, and Emunat Ha'evarim. So a person had the emunah of the intellect, and there's the emunah of the heart, and there's the emunah of the limbs, like kolatz motay tomarna Hashem So the malach, this heartless entity, saw that it had nothing when it came to trying to blemish Yaakov with the emunah of the malach. It had nothing with the emunah of the limbs. So he's like, what do I have left? So he injures him physically, thinking that that's going to you know, leave a mark, which it left a mark, 
but it didn't end, you know, it didn't, it didn't end the story. Anyway, there's what far out stuff, mamash far out stuff. Okay, the Israel, yesh lahem bina shehi ha'agasha shebalev. But what, what about us? We, this, this is what makes us who we are. What makes me, personally, who I am. Bina, right? Yisrael, yesh lahem bina shehi ha'agasha shebalev. Bechol chokhmatam nimshacha mitzad ha'agashat libam. Their chokhma is actually drawn from the hargasha of their heart. It's not that they have a seichel, which then creates the feeling of the heart. It's that our intellect is actually drawn from what we know that we feel in our heart. Again, this is very not, very not the way the Alter Rebbe understands these concepts based on the Arizal, but this is a whole school of thought in the Polish world of, world of Hasidus, you know, based on the Yidah Kaddosh, based on the Chayza of Lublin, the Noam Elimelech. So this is an amazing thing. Again, I'm going to read these words again. V'Yisrael yesh lem bina shiye ha'agasha shebalev. V'chol chokhmatam nimshacha mitzad ha'agashat libam. You know, when you and I have chokhma, real chokhma, real wisdom, that we, we, we understand something, or we have something wise to share with the world, the way that he says here is that we operate, that whether we realize it or not, it's our hargasha shebalev, it's our feeling in our heart that is more or less designing our world of machshava, our world of thought. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what this means because for each person this shows up differently also. So I don't know exactly. <laughs> That the angels, it starts from the mind and ends with the mind. I think that's a good deal. By the angel, it starts with the mind and it ends with the mind because they don't, there is no bina. By us, I think what he's saying is it does start in the heart and it, I don't want to say that it ends in the mind. I want to say that it ends back in the heart, but it goes up to the mind and then back to the heart. I wouldn't want it to end with the mind. I want it to end back with the heart, nachon. But he, I mean, I know this is just, this is pretty far out stuff, but I think that's what the diuk of what we're saying, of how Hashem answered the angels, saying, you just, this is not your world. You have no, and the Torah is all, it's all this dance between the heart and the mind and the heart and the mind, back and forth, back and forth. Malachim, you have no shaykhs to this. Your angels, it's not your thing. Now, you, you have a great level of intellect of, of intellect, of godly grasping. It's amazing. A malach is a shliach. That's just a committed shliach. But that's not... If we ever... I think like some of us, like Shoshana, similar to what you were saying, we have this ideal to be a malach. But even a malach like this, just a shliach that just does what they're supposed to be doing all the time. And some of us end up acting like that, and then we burn out big time. Why? Because we stop feeling anything. There's no bina. There's no hargashash balev. So we burn out. Seems like it could be a blessing. <clears throat> Seems like it could be a blessing for some. Like me, sometimes the heart gets in the way of things. It's almost like, like I feel like I would want to bless someone. I feel like it would be a nice like heart to receive. So like not let your heart get in the way of things sometimes. Like sometimes just do and the next day, um, I guess you'd be that angelic and so angelic, <laughs> so, you know. It could be. Yeah. So it sounds like Yeah. 
I'm, I'm getting my, I'm giving myself a lot of musr now because I was, I always, I spent time yesterday with Rav Ginsburg again in his home and everyone refers to him as the Malach. <laughs> but well, that's not, that's not, you know, it's like, I also saw someone that feels so much, feels, feels so much hargasha. It's amazing how much, the last like 10 years, all I've heard him talking about is the non, non-Jewish world about learning and teaching Torah with non-Jews. He's feel it's like this amazing Hargashah Shebalev spreading to the whole world. He's, he's pushing all his students. I'll tell you, I went a few years ago, I, I'm talking about like just someone that's so bechokhmah, but so with the Hargashah of the heart. Three, about three or four years ago, his, his, his shamus asked me to come to an event that he had in Yerushalayim, and he says, the Rav wants to talk to you after the shir. You show up. I went there. They say, okay, come to the back of this car. It was very shady. They're like, come, come sit in the back of this car. So I'm waiting in the back of this very shady stuff. I'm waiting in the back of the car, and then the Rav comes into the front. So he just, he didn't want anyone to hear about this. That's what it was. So there was a little bit of a big crowd there. And he basically sent me on a mission with his maskir to go to the minister, the, uh, the uh, Minister, the, the foreign, foreign affair, foreign yeah, foreign, foreign ministry. So I went there and had a meeting with her name is Tsipi Chotoveli. You've heard of her? Now she's a Shagiran, in, she's an ambassador in, in England. Back then she was the deputy foreign minister. So I didn't really fully on this. I said, I'll, I'll go, but he has to talk, right? Like the, 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 the huh? Like the guy, yeah, the guy has to like he has to give it over really strong, and it was a shlichus from the Rebbe just saying like with all the chokma that's been accumulated all these years, Am Yisrael has to plant the chokma through our lave into the into the non-Jewish world. It's unbelievable. So just I'm thinking I was thinking about this yesterday. I was looking at him and I, and now I'm thinking about this Malach. I'm never gonna call you know, never gonna call him that. What was the because action he was trying to do? He was, so he was, he was trying to, through, the through the foreign ministry? Yeah. He wanted to f- make, make like some kind of a, some kind of a shidduch between his Talmidim and, and his, I don't want to say ministry, his, his whole Gal Einai, his, instit, his institute, right, that it can, it can have connections to, to all the ambassadors that come to Israel that are ambassadors in Israel. That was the point of the meeting. Like set up workshops with them and learning with them and then for them to take back to their countries afterwards. She didn't buy it at all. She, it was not at all. Uh, she said she said something like, she's a very Kharif woman, like, like not, not in a bad way, just very, she, you have to be in her position. Uh, very, yeah, you know her. A little bit, yeah, but you have to be like in the, in the situation. Okay. בישראל יש להם בינה שהיא ההרגשה שבלב, וכל חוכמתם נמשכה מצד הרגשת ליבם. כי מה שמרגיש בלב, listen to these words, כי מה שמרגיש בלב הוא כמו שרואה בעיניו. By a yid, what we feel in our heart is as clear to us as what we see with our eyes. וכן במתן תורה, בתורה שבכתב, something that was written from the heavens. It says, 
שהיו רואים את הנשמה. That we reached the level of seeing something that can really, essentially, only be heard, right? And look at this dagger line that Reb Tzadik says. This is a could this connect to what you were saying before? Hearing corresponds and correlates to the knowledge of the thing that I'm hearing that goes into my mind. That's what Shmiah is. Shmiah has to do with the Chokhmah. Seeing relates to that which I feel in my heart. Like when you feel something in your heart, Chazal say, "Eino domes shmiya l'reiya." Right? Chazal say you can't compare hearing to seeing. So what are they basically saying? What's more effective? Seeing, right? So he's saying, "Chokma." I hear things intellectually. The extent that it could really be clear to me and that I could see it is limited. It's limited. It's it's real, but it's limited. Reiya, he's saying, is 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 such a deep, deep thing. That it's talut, when, it's talut, when it comes from the hargasha shebalev, that I can actually see what I'm feeling. I see it. I see the whole thing. So is he saying that um, shmi'ah and, uh, and chokma and torah are the same, and torah and are the same? So it's interesting. I don't know where torah shebalev would fit in here. I do know where torah shebichtav would fit in because he said it. It'd be re- it would be, yeah. Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you even harder kashias. Yeah. There's a lot of kashias, but you you can't you ha- you cannot approach this with the psukim that may allude to something else because he's 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 not speaking about he's not he, the way he develops this is not at all the way that we're used to. That's the truth. It's a completely different... You've got to pull off your Chabad head for this. In my last look. There's no way... You cannot wrap your heart around... Huh? It makes sense that when you see something, it will, like, penetrate more, but that only starts... Like, the process starts to hear it. So Shemaitah says, uh, him to be like, that's the beginning point. And then once you have that, then you can see. If you don't have that, you can look at things and you won't even see them. They'll be right in front of your eyes. But you have to connect the Shema to whatever you're hearing to the Hargasha Shebalev. If not, it won't, it won't have any cum. Oh my God, Mamish, that's how they do it? Shema Yisrael? But Shema, they go like this? Oh my God. What a far out Torah. That's such a far out Torah then. Right, isn't that weird? Why do we do? Why, why, why do we go like this? If we get distracted by our own. What about this? Shema, Shema Yisrael. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? Hearing. Yeah. 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 It's so deep. It's very far out. Wow. Well, the word for pay attention isn't that something. The Hebrew word for pay attention is... Put a heart. Lev. Yeah, simu lev. Yeah. Uh-huh. Simu lev, place your heart. Uh-huh. Yeah, I never understood the word pay when it came... But in the context of pay attention. I never understood it. No, but I never... I never... I always thought about it. Like, my, why, why over here are we dealing with... 
the language of paying pay attention if, I don't know. I'm not darshaning English. I, I, it's enough darshaning Hebrew over here, right? Yeah, we also experience the senses differently, but I read this book of someone that had an afterlife experience, mm-hmm. and they, there was no distinction between the senses. Hearing, seeing, all the senses were one. That's how the Rashi says, uh, the Mepharshim, the, the Rishonim, explained the senses working in Matan Torah exactly like this. And that is why they say that everything got healed as a result of all the senses working in unison. Mm-hmm. That that was the galut of Har Sinai. And Rashi, Rashi brings the Medrash when it says, you know, everyone that, anyone that limped, that, that was, you know, stopped limping, and anyone that was, it's because all the senses were working in unison. So, Nachon, we're, we're still speaking of this teaching as if there's like, Shmiya, Re'iya, but in the, in the Amos, of, of, of Metzias Hashem, of the reality of Hashem, Einod Milvado, and all the senses, ideally, there's no milchama. By the, but this, even this topic of senses and everything is still nothing to do with angels. Like to go back to the beginning of this, we're so deep in the parshia now of re'i and shmiyah. By the angels, when we understand it, it is just a level of, based on this, re'i or shmiyah. Just shmiyah v'zel. So even Yitro begins his journey like an angel. Vayishma, he begins it like an angel. Chochma, I heard this. Wow, this makes, I need to, I intellectually grasp that these people are made out of something else. Something incredible is going, with that, going on with them, and I have to go to see it. Meaning what? I have to go to experience it, right? And Geval does he, right? And then he starts talking to Maishu Rabbeinu, giving Eitzas of Lev. Moshe Rabbeinu, the most humble person in the world, receiving Eitzah by someone who 24 hours prior was like the biggest, biggest, biggest Ovid of that the world ever saw. And now he has a Hargosha Shebalev, and Moshe Rabbeinu takes it with his, with his utmost humility. He's like, I, must, I have something to learn from you too. You're a person that went from the head to the heart. You came to see it. You came to have a Re'iyah. You came to have a Lev. I'm going to take it, yeah. Right. Am Israel couldn't hear until they saw. Nachon, Nachon, Moshe, they couldn't intellectually grasp anything until they felt it. And then when they felt it, I think that's what he's basing this teaching on. Exactly. Very good. That's exactly what he. What he that's exactly what he's saying. The Torah lets us know. But by here, think about it, how, how, it's not so far down the line. It's like pretty quick transformation. Just a few years of transformation. When, when, did, the Torah, when did it happen that we couldn't hear? Right, so about a year and a, a year and change before. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. Like from like all in our whole body, it, we're all feeling everything, and Nahon. so we can Repro- feel the next thing, like move into the next. Unbelievable. Feeling. We can't, we can, that's what was. Ha- it seems like that's what Nachon. Nachon. So look how he says. He ends off here so beautifully. Vezeu ikar matan Torah 
The Torah being given to us was for the following purpose. This is an amazing usage of words here. Nivla beliba means swallowed in the heart. That it should be swallowed up in your heart. And I think that when the Torah is swallowed up in your heart, you are alive. You feel a lot more alive than any other level and sensation of being alive. Engrave these words on the board of your heart. In the future, it says, you know, whatever you didn't end up doing, Shem says, I'm going to finish this. I'm going to go to the heart board. Imagine, like, remember, today everyone uses, uh, who remembers chalk? <laughs> chalk. And that sound of chalk. Imagine. Oh, uh, even. <laughs> right, right. Anyway, I, 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 give us a, I give us a bracha based on this piece from the tzaddik. Is to, uh, I give us a bracha from the heart. It's traveling to the mind, then it's going to come back to the heart. That Bezrat Hashem, like what, what I'm feeling from this is like a tefillah. Because for me, this leaves me with just a tefillah. Like, please, please reveal to me my source of life. Reveal to me my source of kiyum in this world. And may that be the Masora that I give on to my children. I want my children to feel alive. Like everyone says, I want my kids to feel from. Just stop that word. Say alive. Now, it really means the same thing, right? Alive means that my life force, my vitality, can only be received from the Makora Chaim, from the source of life, through, through the Torah Kedoshah. And that, God forbid, like I should really feel, whether I'm Baal Tshuva, a Ger, or, or, a, an effort, or someone that grew up with Torah, I should really, really feel that if I didn't have Shabbos, I'd be dead. I should really feel that. I should really feel if I didn't have Purim coming up, I'd mamish be dead. I, I, like, literally, I should feel that. I should feel that. Our children should feel that. Amen. All right. Shukran, everyone. Thank you.